The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Thursday, everybody. Thursday, March 9th, 2023. Here on quarterfinal, or on Thursday, I should say, rather. Thursday of the SEC tournament tomorrow will be the quarterfinals. But on Thursday, the second round of the SEC tournament. And it has been very fun so far. Big games all across college basketball right now, across major conference tournaments. We've got a nail-biter in the SEC tournament as of right now. You just heard uh, Doug Amos from the Max Roundtable. He is there at the SEC tournament. Uh, we are not. We are here in Auburn at our ESPN 106.7 studios as we watch Mississippi State and Florida tied at 57. State with the basketball on their own half court with 15 seconds to play, about a five-second differential between shot and game clock. So this is a game where didn't think it'd be this close as State's got a jumper in the lane that can't get it to go. Florida's got a chance to win it right here, Carter. Oh, my goodness. Florida with a chance to win. Three seconds on the clock. They almost turn it over. 28-foot jumper for the win off the front of the rim. Overtime. And we're going to overtime in the second game of the day at the SEC tournament. Holy smokes, we're starting off Florida has Mississippi State has no business keeping this Florida team around. And in my mind... Without Colin Castleton, I think the committee should take that into account. Yeah, absolutely. State loses this game. State loses the route. Stick him in as the last team in the tournament or put him on the outside looking in. Yeah, well, again, starting off hot here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. We're talking basketball all day long as the SEC tournament is rolling on here on a Thursday afternoon. Phone lines are open all show long. Give us a call 334-321-1390. Jacob Goetz, Carter Bird with you for the next two hours here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Here's what we're looking at for today. We'll give you updates from around college basketball. What happened last night in conference tournaments? What's been happening today? Some big time games, big time results. We'll give you live updates from all the games happening right now, including the SEC tournament where this game uh, going to overtime between Mississippi State and Florida. The winner of this moves on to play Alabama tomorrow, so a big-time opportunity for both of these squads. You talked about Mississippi State just a second ago, looking to get into the tournament currently on the outside. Well, currently in on the bubble, though. They're the last four buys. A loss here would really hurt them to make it into the NCAA tournament. We'll talk about Auburn because they play their first game tonight in the SEC tournament. They have Arkansas coming up at 6 o'clock. We'll talk about that, what Auburn has to do to get a win versus the Razorbacks tonight and move on to play Texas A&M tomorrow. But got to take it one game at a time, and you cannot take it for granted. You look around college basketball, some massive upsets already 
in conference tournaments. But again, phone lines are open all show long. Give us a call, 334-321-1390. Just got confirmation. Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, will join us at 3.30, coming up in hour number two. So excited for that as well. Get his thoughts on the SEC tournament and what's going on around college basketball. But again, until then, we'd love to hear from you, your thoughts and reactions to college basketball right now, the SEC tournament, your thoughts about Auburn playing Arkansas tonight are you confident in Auburn to continue playing well continue shooting the ball well against Arkansas or does their athleticism and Nick Smith Jr. worry you a little bit give us a call 334-321-1390 and you look around college basketball we'll start with what happened last night we'll work our way into what's happening today as we speak and the big news I think from yesterday not so much the results But what happened after the game? Wake Forest defeats Syracuse 77-74. And one of the best coaches to ever coach the game of college basketball, one of the most decorated coaches in the game, one of the most historic coaches in the game, a Hall of Famer, Coach Bayheim has officially retired after, get this, 47 years as the head coach of Syracuse men's basketball. Yeah, I tell you what, it's, it's... Definitely going to be a different world in the ACC next year. You're going to be without Roy Williams, without Coach K, without Mike Bray, without Rick Pitino, and without um, Jim Beheim. I mean, those are five. When you think of those five coaches, you think of the schools that they've been in, been at and the conference they've been in, the ACC. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens in this next um, I guess, era of ACC basketball and ACC basketball coaches because I am curious because um, it feels like the ACC has really dropped off in basketball and I don't know if it's the easiest path back to relevancy. I mean, they're the seventh best conference in the country right now. Mm-hmm. I, they've been, what, the second for the past several years. Yeah, well, I mean, think Second about all the... Third, like, no lower than really third. Right, and think about all those coaches you just named off. I mean, all Hall of Famers. I mean, all Hall of Famers. I mean, well, just big time, well... Here, well, no, 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 I'm agreeing with you there, and I'm saying what I was going to add on to it was you also have Leonard Hamilton at FSU who's been there for 21 years, and things aren't going great. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Things aren't going great, so you could have... Six legendary coaches at six different SEC or uh, ACC schools gone, and within like a four-year span, be crazy. And, I, I don't think Leonard Hamilton's getting fired this year, but if he posts another year of nine and twenty-three, they're going to talk about it. I mean, he's he has gone twenty-six and thirty-seven his last two years combined. He's gone 17 and 23 in conference play and has not made the tournament in either year, obviously. And that's a team that, when they have the talent, I mean, they've made, they've made some runs in March the oh, last yeah. five, six years. In his tenure there, he's taken them to the NIT, I believe, six times, seven times, the NCAA tournament. Uh, it looks like eight times. 
Uh, they've been in the Sweet 16 three time, four times, and the Elite Eight once. Yeah, I was about to say, I know they've got a couple of Sweet 16s and at least one Elite Eight. So, yeah, he's been there a long time. And, and look, Florida State's one of those schools where when they're better, the ACC is better. But, yeah, that conference is just it's just down right now. It just is. And that's why you see a team like Clemson, who uh, will play coming up later, and you look at them who finished third in their conference – they're still on the bubble outside the NCAA tournament looking on the inside needing wins here down the stretch in the ACC tournament to get in that's why it's because the ACC is so down and it's because of all these big time long-term Hall of Fame coaches that are just retiring kind of as we go because of their age and and coach Beheim is one of those he retires from Syracuse after being there 47 years that's just it's unbelievable to see what he did at Syracuse obviously uh, Uh, national champion in 2003 with Carmelo Anthony. Um, Syracuse basketball is historic in its own right, but uh, Coach Beheim a big, big, the factor in reason because of that. So uh, that is some big news coming out of the games yesterday. You look at some of the results. We talk about a bubble team, Washington, losing to Colorado yesterday. That may hurt Washington as they try to get into the NCAA tournament. You had some drama in the Big East tournament in DePaul Seton Hall it was a game that ended on a block partial goal 10 they had to go and review it ends up DePaul winning 66-65 didn't go up through the uh, basket did he N- no he did not that is a northwestern reference you didn't know. <laughs> I, did. um, I picked up on that <laughs> but man I'm, I'm still over here I'm kind of in shock at just I'm still thinking about the ACC cause the turnover like, yeah you're about to be in a, a situation where potentially in the next year or two where it's Tony Bennett and a whole bunch of new guys up yeah. and down that conference. Like yeah. Tony Bennett, it will be clear cut the number one coach in that league. And that's fascinating. Going through a change. And I mean, just, but think about how long those coaches had been at their schools. I mean, Coach K, Roy Williams, Coach Beheim, like, those guys have been there for 30 years and their time had come to an end and you're seeing the ACC go through a transition where Duke has picked it up down the stretch to get to the NCAA tournament North Carolina fighting for their tournament lives uh, Syracuse not going to the tournament Louisville just went through their worst season in program history you also got to wonder I mean Jim Laranega at Miami He's been there forever too, he's, and he's he's older he's as well. Been there since 2011, he's 73 years old. Mm-hmm. How much longer yeah. could he possibly coach? Miami squeaked out a win in the ACC tournament today, and I mean squeaked out a win in the ACC tournament. So yeah, you're right. The ACC is. It's down. They're seeing a bunch of change. Uh, but again, Syracuse losing its 47-year tenured head coach in Bayheim. Uh, just an incredible coach, Hall of Famer, no doubt. couple of games last night from the SEC tournament. Our pick, my pick, I should say. Ole Miss defeated South Carolina 67-61. Carter, I know you had picked the Gamecocks. I picked the Rebels. This was a game where it went back and forth for a while, but... Ole Miss, I feel like, just made the plays down the stretch. Wasn't a pretty game by any means. They shot it pretty well um, from three, if I recall. They were hitting some, like, transition threes. Yeah, they were 40.9% from deep. uh, Pretty good. I don't think my process was wrong when picking this 
Ole Miss-South Carolina game. I just think that when South Carolina did kick it in gear in the last six, seven minutes, you saw them close the game up, and it tightened up pretty quickly when all of a sudden they were motivated. I mean, it was a three-point game with 63 seconds left. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the issue with the South Carolina team. I just don't think they had the maturity and the sense of urgency all year long to... I think they're capable of giving a lot more teams in the SEC better games than they gave them. And we saw that in certain spurts, like the Alabama game. But it just never felt like the sense of urgency set in with that team. I mean, there is some talent on that roster. There is. They have a lottery pick in Gigi Jackson. Michi Johnson can go off against the best. Jackson looked really, really good last night. I mean, he he's a star. He is a yes. star. 24 points, 50% from the field. I mean, he's he is in 10 of 20 to make that 50%. He's a star. There's no doubt about it. And Hayden Brown's a guy that, you know, can get hot from three, and he can really shoot um, at times. Uh, other times he really um, – he's streaky. I'll say that. But the fact that you – it just never felt like the urgency kicked in until it was too mm-hmm. late. And they made it close, but close isn't enough, especially in March. And you talk about urgency. The other game in the SEC tournament last night, how about LSU? Coming out and playing with urgency, playing with motivation, having some energy. They jumped all over Georgia. This game was close late, but LSU opened up. They were up by double digits for the back half of that first half. They ended up being up 42-30 to 30 by 12 at the half. Had one turnover in the first 20 minutes, did the LSU Tigers. They end up defeating Georgia 72-67. We both picked Georgia, and one of us had Georgia going farther than the other, Carter. But I had a weird feeling that Georgia would fold, but I, did, but I still picked with them because they have a lot of talent, and their guard play, like you mentioned yesterday, which is a really good point, they just didn't play with a whole lot of care and that they actually wanted the to be in half, Nashville. And they and they talked about it in the media after the game. Um, they did not play the first half with that urgency that they had to have. I mean, and I thought in this matchup, I thought Cario Okendo and Terry Roberts had a huge advantage on the guards for LSU, uh, Hannibal, Hayes, Miller, those kind of the starters for this team. Well, Terry Robertson Okendo only gave you 22 points. The mm-hmm. third guard, uh, McBride, he gave you three. So you got 25 points out of those guys. You got 28 out of the LSU guards. And the LSU guards are not very good. They're not. Uh, I mean, Adam Miller is the the Illinois transfer. He was kind of always like a sixth or seventh man for them, I believe. Or Maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe he's not the Illinois transfer. But he's somebody who, yeah, no, 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 he is. He was kind of the sixth or seventh man his uh, first year at Illinois. He never played a significant role. Uh, Hannibal was, I think he was the backup point guard at Murray State last year. And he's the starting point guard for LSU. Like, there was a clear-cut advantage uh, for Georgia at the guard position. And their guys just didn't take advantage. Terry Roberts was 5 of 13, 2 of 5 from 3. Okendo only takes five shots for the game. 2 of 5, 1 of 3 from 3. He does get to the free throw line. He hits all five mm-hmm. of his free throws. But you got to get better production out of those guys. Yeah, and I think the biggest storyline was LSU's turnover numbers. Because, look, 
LSU is the worst team in, in conference play. They're the 14th seed in the SEC tournament for a reason, and they turn the ball over a lot. In the few games that they got out to a big lead, they blew it every single time. Yesterday and last night in Nashville, LSU had one turnover in the first half. They had five turnovers for the game. That's it. Five. Any which team in a, college basketball impressive. that does that, you're going to win basketball games. And this is very impressive. They were 218th in the country in turnover percentage this year. Yeah. So to only have five in that game. And that Georgia defense is not good at creating turnovers. That's fair. They're 260th in forcing turnovers on the defensive end. But um, you would expect them to at least – I mean, five turnovers is what you'd see out of some of these really high-level Big Ten teams that play a really slow physical mm-hmm. pace that protect the basketball with their guards. That happens a lot. Right. And In with, the SEC, five turnovers does not happen very often. And with a team like LSU, these bottom four teams in a conference, even if a team doesn't force a lot of turnovers – most turnovers on a team like LSU are unforced. They're they're throwaways. They're dribbling off your foot. They're bad passes. They're whatever air balls and and shot clock violations. Like those are the turnovers you see by a team like LSU more times than somebody stealing it from them or forcing a turnover. But LSU didn't do that last night. They only commit five turnovers. They beat Georgia 72-67 in the first round of the SEC tournament. Georgia going home. Uh, they they ended the year at 516-16, and 6-12 and in conference play. Credit to LSU, man. They've got absolutely nothing to play for. They have a shell of a program right now trying to get through all of their NCAA stuff. And credit to them, man. They're moving on. They're playing again today. And they've got a long way to go if they want to make any progress through it. But good for LSU for winning last they, night. When you look at this, it's so fascinating when you look at their their season. Um, you look at a team that won its first conference game against Arkansas. Everybody took them for real. Then they hung with Kentucky. People were like, oh, this LSU team, they might be they might be kind of frisky this year. They might be a team that you didn't expect anything. Then they lost basically every game besides that like must-win game for Vanderbilt, not for LSU, where Vanderbilt choked on the road in Baton Rouge. Yep. And then now they pick up their third conference win, their third win against an SEC team this year. And for Georgia, I mean, you dig yourself a 12-point hole at halftime, and you tie it up uh, a couple different times in the second half, and every time they tied it up, I was like, okay, Georgia's got it. Georgia's got it. And they just couldn't finish. That's how I felt. Couldn't finish. That's exactly how I felt. better than them. You got out-rebounded, and you turned the ball over more, and that's why you lose that game. Uh, this, this, you both go to the free throw line relatively the same amount of times. You hit one different in free throws. I mean, you lose this game because you couldn't, you didn't value your possessions. You didn't have the sense of urgency early and you lost the rebounding battle. They allowed 18 LSU offensive rebounds. That's so bad. That's so bad. How many second chance points did LSU end up with? Uh, I got to find that. Okay, I, I didn't know. I didn't I know didn't, if it was pulled I didn't up right there. Expect to to stumble for, upon that. To stumble across <laughs> how bad that that uh, Georgia team was off of eighteen offensive the, rebounds. I'd expect ten at least second chance points. 
But uh, hey, update before I know we're, we've gone long, but an update. This overtime game, it's state up by one. Florida the with the basketball. Three seconds, two, three for the win. Oh, he almost hit it. Oh, he almost hit it. Florida almost hit the shot. Couldn't get it to go. Same spot that they took it in regulation off the back iron. And Mississippi State survives in overtime, 69-68. In overtime against the Gators, they'll take on Alabama tomorrow. Here's your second chance point stat. The reason why LSU won the game. 25 second chance points for LSU. Wow. Georgia had four. Wow. 25. That's insane. 25 to four. That's insane. So, yeah, they outscored them by 21 in second chance points. That's that's incredible. LSU beats Georgia last night. Ole Miss beats South Carolina. We'll talk about the games going on around college basketball today, including the thriller that just got done in Nashville. Mississippi State escapes out of Florida. They win 69-68. They move on to play Alabama tomorrow. We'll talk about that when we come back. You are on the line. On ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins, Carter Bird, talking all things college basketball as we look across the country. What's going on today in conference tournaments? Well, it's been very, very exciting. You've got some great games going on right now, but to talk about the ones that have already happened, the ones that have gone final across major conferences in college basketball, it's been a great day so far, and phone lines continue to be open. We'd love to hear from you and your thoughts on everything going on in college basketball. 334-321-1390. And we'll just kind of go down the list here. You start in the Big East. It was the one-seed Marquette, number six team overall in the entire country, taking on St. John's. They had to go to overtime to take down St. John's 72-70. to That's a really, really good Marquette team. That's a really gritty St. John's team. Yeah, it's St. John's team that I think is capable of. I mean, when you look at the Big Ten, Big East, uh, in isolated instances, I think some of those teams are capable of pulling some upsets. And with the exception of DePaul and Georgetown, and the teams at the very bottom of the league, like nobody cares about those. But everybody else is capable of pulling off a win. Uh, and you get a great performance out of Soriano, who rolled his ankle there at the very mm-hmm. end and would not have been able to play or really wasn't able to play in overtime, I don't think. Uh, would not have been, been able to keep playing either. He had 12 points, 12 rebounds, and four blocks in that game. Uh, but Kolick for Marquette, he he goes for 19, 9, and 6. Yep. And Marquette's able to scrape out a win. And, I mean, just look at what Shaka Smart's done at Marquette. Great I mean, coach, man. Great coach. Really, really well at VCU. Built them into something they had no business being. A Final Four Goes team. to Texas, where I think... I do wonder if, in football and basketball, the monster that Texas is is just too difficult to uh, control the reins on, and it, may, it might be a little too toxic. It just feels like every every situation they've had recently... I mean, no matter who it is as coach, Shaka, uh, I mean, obviously the Chris Beard stuff that took place, but all the coaches they've run through since Mac Brown, Tom Herman, um, Sark, if he doesn't have a good year this next year, we might be having a conversation. Like, um, you've got all of these coaches that just feel like they get chewed up 
by the Texas just machine. It's just the expectations, man. The expectations mm. are just so high at Texas, and there's well, so much money rolling through Texas. Shaka leaves Texas and gets hair again. <laughs> Literally. He looks healthy. <laughs> he's got a full set of hair now that he's at Marquette, and he's also got a top six team, and he also has a Marquette team who will play in the Big East semifinals tomorrow uh, in a very, very talented Big East tournament. How about Iowa State in the Big 12? They beat Baylor again. They beat Baylor for the third time this year. They beat them 78-72. That score is closer than what it was. Iowa State was up by double digits the entire second half. Cyclones moving on to the Big 12 semifinals. I don't know what Baylor is. I don't I either. I want to believe in Baylor. They're I don't the either. number two offensive team in the country, but they don't play defense. They don't play defense at all. In a Big 12 that plays good defense. They have they have been beaten by Iowa State two games in a row now. Um, they're, how about this? Iowa State beat them in the first Big 12 game and the final two Big 12 games they played this year. That means they own Baylor this year. It's what that means. And Iowa State, that's a team you don't want to mess with them. Like you don't want to play Iowa but State. Like I don't necessarily feel that way. Before playing Baylor, they were horrible. I'm just saying they any lost team ten of fourteen before playing Baylor back to back. Any team out of the Big Twelve, I want no part of. No part of. If them. I had to pick a team out of the Big Twelve to play, it's going to be Iowa State. It would be Iowa State, but Especially I still wouldn't. Auburn. Yes. I mean, I, I would rather play Iowa State than Baylor from a matchup perspective because I know those Baylor guards might eat Auburn up. That's absolutely fair. Well, Iowa State beats Baylor in the Big 12 quarterfinal. They move on to the semis tomorrow. That's the third time they've beaten Baylor this year. We talked about Miami. They squeak out a win over Wake Forest. Uh, You've got uh, VCU. You mentioned them a little bit ago. They win in their quarterfinal. Rutgers with a big win over Michigan. That's a team that's on the bubble. Both of those squads are on the bubble, and Rutgers gets the much-needed win. Michigan takes a loss they can't afford. Rutgers getting that win seals them in the NCAA tournament, if you're asking me. Um, but Michigan, Michigan had to win that game and multiple games to get mm-hmm. in. In my mind, I think they're out. I think they're out. I think Hunter Dickinson came back, tried to play the villain role in the Big Ten, and it backfired. It backfired. Yeah, they they had a year that was just so underwhelming because. That is a really talented Michigan team. They put up 50 points in their final game of the year. 62 to 50 Rutgers beats Michigan. You've got Michigan. Kobe Bufkin. You've got Jet Howard, Jawan Sun, uh, who made the Big Ten All-Freshman team. Kobe Bufkin, I think, was third team All-Big Ten. Hunter Dickinson was the pick for – he and Trace Jet Jackson Davis were the picks for preseason Big Ten Player of the Year. They just didn't live up to any of the expectations. Nope. And with a loss to Rutgers today, they are probably playing in the NIT somewhere. They've lost three in a row. There's no way. Yeah, no shot. No shot. When we come back, we'll talk about the game that's already happened in the SEC tournament. We'll preview the other games, including Auburn and Arkansas. Jacob Goertz 
and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes in to hour number one here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7 as we break down what's going on in college basketball as it is ESPN's Champ Week. Conference tournaments going on all over the place as the power uh, six, seven conferences are getting going and really in the thick of it right now in their conference tournaments. Phone lines are open. We'd love to hear from you. What games have you been watching? Any surprises so far? upsets that you've had your eye on give us a call 334-321-1390 as we look at the SEC tournament we talked about the two games that happened last night how about the game that we just got done watching here in the studio that we were giving you updates about Mississippi State survives and I mean survives against Florida 69-68 in overtime and Florida had a chance to win it on a three at the buzzer in regulation and they had a chance to win it with a three at the buzzer in overtime. They missed them both. The Bulldogs advance. I think the stat that I – so I think I had Florida's um, – Florida in the country this year offensively. They're a 32.4% three-point shooting team. That is 267th in the country. They're the 11th best three-point shooting team in the SEC. How many threes do you think they shot in that game? How many do they shoot? Yes, don't tell me they, they shot 30. They, they shot 62 shots. How many How many threes do you think they, they took? Or half of them? No way, half of them were threes. 35 Oh, my god! And gosh. they hit eight of them. 35? Like, State goes to a 14. You shoot a better percentage from three. You shoot 23%. But you shot 35 threes. State only shot 14. Oh, look, you want to see the number? How about the rebounds? State yep. grabbed 50 rebounds. To Florida's 36. 55 0. Uh, 18 offensive boards by State in that game. Austin, Starting they, to see a trend here, Carter. They got to the free throw line. State did 28 times to Florida's 17. So 11 more opportunities there. State was the better team in this game. And Florida just, it was like Florida decided hey, we're going to live and die with the fact that if we're hot, we're advancing today. If we're hot from three. But if not, we're getting beat. And, and they still, I was about there. to say, and yet they were still had chances to win it again. They well, had a three at the buzzer in regulation, they missed it, and they had a three at the end of regulation or in the end of overtime, and they missed it as well. A few things have to happen for state tomorrow if they're going to try to compete in this basketball mm. game. You cannot have 20 turnovers against Alabama, you cannot shoot 61% from the free throw line against Alabama, you cannot shoot 14% from three against Alabama. I mean, honestly, you got to shoot better than 40% from the field, too. Yeah, I think you got to go 45, between 45 and 50%. If you're Mississippi State, they advance to play Alabama tomorrow. You've got to play your best. And look, we talked about this yesterday when we were running, we were filling out our SEC tournament brackets. And we talked about how we both had Mississippi State beating Florida today to advance and play Alabama in the quarterfinals. But then we talked about picking that Alabama-Mississippi State game and what had to happen in this game today for Mississippi State to be successful, I said State had to come in here and take care of business against Florida and not play a full 40 minutes. Turns out they had to play a full 45 minutes, and if they did that, Alabama would roll tomorrow. I'm I'm sticking with that. I believe it. State could not afford to play an overtime game in their first one against Florida. Not saying they won't compete with Alabama tomorrow, but I'm not worried about the Crimson Tide in the quarterfinals. I'm not worried. 
Well, I mean, if you're Mississippi State, somebody has to help Tolu Smith. Somebody has to help Tolu Smith. Tolu Smith has 28 points, 12 rebounds, and three steals in this game. He does not he's 10 of 17 at the free throw line, so that's got to be better. Yikes. Uh, but the next player, Shaquille Moore, 13 points. The next player, Deshaun Davis with nine. Tolu Smith has to have help. He can't carry you the way that he had to carry you today. Yeah, 28 points and 12 boards. I mean, that's that's an impressive performance for Tolu Smith. And we know how good he is. I mean, he's he's very, very good. He's very dominant. He uses his size well. He's one of the best big men in the SEC. Yeah, I mean, he could have hit 30 if he just knocked down some free throws. So Oh, easily. He, I, mean, I mean, if he hits all his free throws, he has 35. Yeah, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. Somebody's got to help that young man tomorrow against Alabama. But Mississippi State, they defeat Florida 69-68. They move on to play Alabama. Here's what's coming up in the SEC tournament. Tip-off is set for 245, so coming up in just under 10 minutes. Ole Miss, after beating South Carolina last night, they move on. They've got Tennessee today, and the Vols are favored by 12. Without Zakai Ziegler, of course, he is out and injured uh, for the season. Ole Miss taking on Tennessee here in about seven or eight minutes. How do you feel about Ole Miss's matchup against Tennessee? Uh, remember, Ole Miss has already played a game. It's Tennessee's first one in Nashville. So th- this goes back to what I was saying yesterday where maybe um, I, I conceded the fact that I thought Ole Miss – on a day-by-day basis, was a more consistent team than South Carolina. I knew that they had a good chance to um, win the game. But if you're asking me who could give uh, Tennessee a run for its money, it's not this Ole Miss team. This Ole Miss team in every capacity is a worse version of the Tennessee team that they're going to play. At least... When I look at that South Carolina team, South Carolina can throw a couple high-level scores Mm -hmm. at Tennessee, a lottery pick. This Ole Miss team does not have that. And so when I look at that, I think Tennessee's going to – I mean, I don't think it's going to be like they run away by 25, but I think it's going to be a game that Tennessee commands from the opening tip and just – I'll compare it to – a bow constrictor just strangling like a mouse or something. It's going to be slow. It's going, to, but at no point is Tennessee going to be out of control of the game. I think that's a fair way to put it. I mean, I don't think Tennessee fans are probably sweating this game. I think they are uberly more talented than Ole Miss. They're much better coached. I mean, they have an actual head coach right now, um, so that helps them. Uh, and the SEC Network talked about yesterday how. The advancements of Chris Beard becoming Ole Miss's coach seems to be pretty real, and so we'll see if that ends up happening. But Ole Miss and Tennessee coming up in just about five minutes on the SEC Network. We will continuously give you updates on how that game is going. couple of games going on right now uh, before we talk about Auburn and Arkansas. Duke up big on Pitt at the half, 48-32 in the ACC tournament. How about this? Ohio State and Iowa tied. or Not tied, excuse me, but 29 Ohio State, 28 Iowa. That's a big one in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, I mean, I I tell you what, the Big Ten, top to bottom, everybody, with the exception of Minnesota, who upset a red-hot Nebraska team last night, um, everybody in the Big Ten can play with everybody to an extent. Whether they seal the win, that's a little different. Mm-hmm. But, And I think the matchups from team to team in the Big Ten – are so interesting. Like when you look at, 
I mean, if you you can run into an Iowa, you can run into a Penn State, and if you're not built to defend the three, they can make it rain on you. They can yeah. push the pace. They can um, be a matchup nightmare for you. Or you can run into Purdue and have them dump it to their 7'4", 290-pound center every single possession. And if you don't have a big man... Good luck. Like a Penn State. Because <laughs> uh, Penn State does not have a big man. Not not a legitimate, real starting big man. It can get really ugly really fast. Yeah. So the Big Ten, that's an interesting tournament. Again, Ohio State on top of Iowa, 29-28. couple of other games going on right now. UCLA, the number two team in all of college basketball, taking on Colorado. They're up by two with seven minutes to play in the first. You have Providence and UConn. Uh, the Huskies on top, 25-13 with 4.24 to go in the first half of the Big East quarterfinal. And then in the Big 12, keep your eyes on this one. I'll update you as we go. Kansas and West Virginia the Mountaineers battling to get into the NCAA tournament. Do not do not overlook this West Virginia team. They are good. They're just down by two against Kansas early in the first half. And then when you keep in mind what else is going on surrounding Kansas, Bill mm-hmm. Self out with uh, an illness is not coaching this team in the opening matchup of the Big 12 tournament. We don't know, have a ton of details about what the status uh, of Bill Self is. I believe I I heard um, maybe Doug Gottlieb earlier today on the next round um, say that from what he has heard, Bill Self is going to be okay. Um, but, yeah, it says he was. You know, I, I read that he was hospitalized for a health issue, um, and he was out for the quarterfinal game against West Virginia on yep. Thursday. But said he was doing well. Um, we'll see. I mean, you. I don't know what the situation is. Probably not something you want to just rush back into. So maybe if Kansas continues to win, you could see him coach in a championship game on Saturday uh, if if he is able and if, if Kansas is able to get that far. So uh, uh, definitely uh, just keeping an eye and keeping an ear out for uh, Bill Self's condition with Kansas. But they are in a battle with West Virginia right now, tied up, or at 16-14, excuse me. Kansas on top of West Virginia with eight and a half to go in the first half again. Ole Miss, Tennessee, uh, according to the TV, just under five minutes away from tip-off there. Then after that, Auburn and Arkansas tonight. Mm-hmm. That game at 6 o'clock on the SEC Network. Don't worry, we're going to talk a lot about this here as we end this first hour and into hour number two. And remember, we'll talk to Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast as well. We'll get his thoughts on this game and all the other ones going on around the SEC tournament. Auburn and Arkansas. If you remember, Carter, yesterday when we looked at this game, Auburn was a one-point favorite, which you and I were both surprised by. Earlier this morning, it had flipped all the way to Arkansas three and a half. It currently sits at Arkansas favored by three. Yeah, I think um, if what I've seen is correct, I think somebody told me that 86% of the bets are on Arkansas in this game. Interesting. Which is wildly high. 86% of the physical bets. Not the money. Yes. Which tells me when you see 86% of the bets on Arkansas – that there's a ton of value on Auburn. A ton of value on Auburn. And so I do wonder, part of me wonders if maybe part of the line swinging is I don't, I mean, does this mean Dylan Carville's not playing? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I, not that he's, I don't think Dylan Carville's worth a ton of points, but it does affect Auburn's rotations. Um, I still feel pretty good. I really do. I think Auburn is primed to 
show up and play really well in this game with the way that they've been playing. Um, if you're going off Kim Pom projections, Auburn should cover because Kim Pom has Auburn losing 72-71. Well, when you look at the betting numbers like that and you look at percentage of bets that are on a team versus percentage of the actual money that's on the team, that's the one you want to look at. Where are the big money spenders going? Where are the people, not saying that there are million-dollar bettors, but just to take an example, if 86% of the physical bets are on Arkansas, but there's a couple of people that have put ten, twenty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 bets down on Auburn, then that's probably where you are wanting to look. Don't take betting advice from me. I'm not in that business, but that's the numbers you got to look at. You got to be careful when you look at betting numbers just because the 86% of the physical bets, that could be a bunch of people putting $5 on Arkansas to see if they'll win or not. But the big money normally knows what's happening, but it's also sports betting and you truly don't know what's going to happen. I just think it's interesting that yesterday, but we talked about it, Auburn was a point favorite. They were favored by one. You and I were a little shocked by that, and then this morning it was up to Arkansas three and a half. It's down to Arkansas minus three right now with a total of 143 and a half. So, interested to see. We'll talk all show long here as we end hour number one and into hour number two about this game as well. We'll get to some more of this when we come back, but as we get into break, speaking of Auburn, not basketball, but Auburn baseball i've got better listen up i have two tickets and a weekend package two tickets for friday two tickets for saturday and two tickets for sunday auburn baseball versus southeastern louisiana in the final non-conference series of the week or of the season at plainsman park first one to call you got them 334-321-1390 a weekend at plainsman park for auburn baseball give us a call 334-321-1390 On the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up our number one here on the Thursday edition of On the Line 334-321-1390 is the number to put you through to us. We gave away some tickets, so thank you all for calling in. We appreciate it. We may or may not have more in hour two, so please keep your phone lines open and uh, and stay tuned as uh, we may have some more baseball tickets to give away, but we appreciate everybody calling in as we just gave away a weekend package at Plainsman Park, so it doesn't get any better than that. Two tickets for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Just gave those away, so uh, stay tuned. Uh, we may or may not have some more to give away in hour number two. But here as we wrap up this first hour, talking all things college basketball as the SEC tournament rolls on in Nashville. Uh, as Ole Miss and Tennessee just opened up a minute and a half in, we are tied at three apiece. So teams trading a couple of three-pointers to open this thing up. And um, actually right before the show, Carter just got off the phone uh, with my dad. Him and uh, some of our friends are heading up to Nashville to take in the SEC tournament. They'll be there for Auburn and Arkansas. And my dad told me, he said, I've got my bags packed. We'll stay as long as Auburn's winning, which means they could stay all the way through Sunday or we may be heading home tonight. So <laughs> I thought that was interesting and I thought well, that was kind of funny. So which that's how it goes in SEC tournament. Auburn can make a run or they could go home tonight if they lose to Arkansas. Well, that's what happened last year. Yep. Uh, by the way, um, <laughs> I think Auburn had some some hotel issues with the booking last year. I think that uh, they accidentally only booked the hotel through uh, Thursday night last year, and so they had to swap late. Turns out 
Thursday night was the only night that they really needed. <laughs> Turns out that's all they needed. But hopefully Auburn is in Nashville a little bit longer than they were last year. So uh, wish I could be with my dad uh, and them going up to Nashville, but they'll have a good time up there. As Auburn and Arkansas are set to do battle tonight, 6 o'clock on the SEC Network. Arkansas, again, favored by three over Auburn, total 143 and a half. And again, as we get into hour number two, we will talk all things Auburn versus Arkansas. But just to sort of get into this as we finish this first hour, Auburn, Auburn's been playing well coming into this game. And I think it's safe to say that Auburn is playing their best basketball of the year coming into the SEC tournament. And I know people may want to reference that five or six game win streak that they had back early to middle of, of conference play. But if you remember, I told you, I told a lot of people, let's pump the brakes on this a little bit because Auburn was playing the worst group of teams out of the SEC when they had that winning streak, right? When they got into conference play, they beat Florida, then they lost to Georgia. Yes, they did beat this Arkansas team, but a very different Arkansas team at that time. Then they beat Ole Miss, Mississippi State, LSU in South Carolina and you can only take that with a grain of salt I mean look at what look at what you're looking at Ole Miss is a bottom four team in the SEC LSU is a bottom four team in the SEC they are the worst team in the SEC seating wise they did win last night in South Carolina bottom four team in the SEC and so that streak was it was good because they were winning games, but they were not playing their best basketball. Even though they're one and two in their last three games coming into Nashville, I think Auburn, after the Alabama game, after the Tennessee game, I think they're playing their best basketball, and the shooting numbers would back that up. Yeah, I mean, Auburn, since that, we, we talked about it uh, yesterday, I believe. Since the um, since that game at in Thompson Bowling against Tennessee that was 46-43. We all know how gross that game was. We saw Auburn shoot the ball a lot better. Auburn all of a sudden became um, the best three-point shooting team in the conference. And I think that that's encouraging when you look at that. By the way, as I cycle through my, my tabs looking at all the SEC team's met- metrics, uh, you know how that state team was 14% today? Yeah. Well, they are last in the country in three-point percentage. In the 20, country? 27.3% from deep this year. Man. That's why I have no confidence in them playing Alabama tomorrow. They can't shoot. They can't shoot. I know they're physical, but if they play like they did today and nobody helps Tolu Smith and they go one of 20 from downtown, Alabama's going to just absolutely demolish Mississippi State tomorrow. What did they shoot from three when they played in Coleman? I'm curious about that. Did they just go get super hot that day? They had to have. I don't remember what the percentage was. But, yeah, see if you can find that real quick. As as Mississippi State, they beat, if you're just now joining us or haven't seen it yet, State barely beat Florida in overtime today by one. 15 from three in Coleman and lost by three points, 66-63. wonder what their points in the paint was. I don't know. A lot, I'm sure. And free points in the paint and free throw line because they got out rebounded too. I don't know how they hung in this game. That's interesting. They're it's I don't I just think turn the ball over more. I think tomorrow's ugly. I think tomorrow's really ugly for them. I really, really do. The more we sit here and think about this and talk about it, tomorrow's going to be ugly for state. That's my prediction. See, I have this just like gut feeling that state for no reason after what you watch today. 
is going to play to the level of their opponent and give Alabama everything they want in that game. Maybe and so. Alabama's and I think like, Auburn fans oh, no. Auburn fans would love that. There's no doubt about it. As we get into our top of the hour break, music's about to kick us out of here in just a second. Duke all over Pitt. They're up by 30 in the ACC tournament. Ohio State and Iowa. Uh, the Hawkeyes up by four. UCLA trailing Colorado at the end of the first half. And you have Tennessee and Ole Miss locked in 11-10 to 10 Vols over the Rebels just getting underway in Nashville. Stay tuned. Hour number two coming up. The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Thursday, everybody, on this cloudy, chilly day, cool day maybe it's a better word, on this cool Thursday afternoon in the Auburn Opelika area. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Hour number one is officially in the books. You know what that means. Hour number two is underway right here on ESPN 106.7. If you missed any of the first hour be sure to go and catch up with the podcast after the show you can find it at espnau.com and uh, just click on the podcast center and you'll find a commercial free right there right after the show been talking all things college basketball in that first hour we got you all caught up with what's going on around the country what happened last night in these conference tournaments what's been going on today we were able to uh, basically give you a little play-by-play call of Mississippi State surviving and advancing against Florida they in Nashville and as we speak right now Ole Miss and Tennessee knotted up at 15 apiece with 12 and a half to play in the first half so we will keep you updated here in hour number two. So if you missed any of that first hour, again, you can go and listen back to it right after the show. Just go to ESPNAU.com, click on the podcast center. You'll find a commercial free or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast here in the second hour going to talk this Auburn-Arkansas game as the Tigers take on the Razorbacks tonight, 6 o'clock on the SEC Network in the uh, second session in Nashville. We'll talk about what Auburn has to do to get a win tonight against an Arkansas team. They've already beaten them once, but this is a much different looking team in the Razorbacks. So we'll talk about that, what has to happen for Auburn to win, who they will play, and what that will look like if they win tonight, and talk about the rest of the SEC tournament and a whole lot more. Also, Chris Cordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast. He'll join us at 3.30, as he does every Thursday, and talk all things SEC basketball with the tournament going on, give us his picks and predictions, reactions to what has already happened. So looking forward to that as well. But until we get him on the phone, 
We'd love to hear from you, our listener, 334-321-1390. How do you feel about Auburn taking on Arkansas tonight in the SEC tournament? Are you confident in the Auburn Tigers to continue their good play after beating Tennessee in the regular season finale? Are you worried about this Arkansas team, and what are Auburn's chances to make a run in Nashville? Give us a call, 334-321-1390. That's 334-321-1390. And Carter will jump right into it. Auburn and Arkansas tonight, 6 o'clock. They'll play in the third game of the day after Ole Miss and Tennessee. And then the nightcap in the SEC tonight. It's maybe not as exciting, uh, but it is, again, another SEC game. It's LSU and Vanderbilt. But Auburn, Arkansas, this is an opportunity for Auburn to carry momentum off that Tennessee game, but also build a little confidence going into the NCAA tournament because thankfully, as we've talked about, with that win over Tennessee, Auburn is going dancing. They're going to the NCAA tournament. No matter what happens tonight, no matter what happens the rest of this weekend, weekend in Nashville, Auburn is going to the NCAA tournament. And so what does tonight mean for Auburn confidence-wise, shooting-wise, coaching-wise, mentality-wise, all of these different factors? What's it mean tonight for Auburn against Arkansas? To me, I think it means this is a chance to continue to build on positive momentum built over the last week. You played your two best games, I think we can agree on that, in Coleman against by far the best team in this country, Mm -hmm. or in this conference, maybe the country, in Alabama. Then you come home against a team that the metrics absolutely love in Tennessee, a ranked team, a team that's going to get, what, a 3-4 seed, depending on... Uh, what the situation is uh, in the NCAA tournament. You beat them. You handle business there. You look good. You played your best week of basketball. I think showing up and showing out in this game would do a lot for people to be like, okay, this Auburn team is peaking at the right time. They're playing their best ball in the right portion of the schedule of the season going into postseason play with the SEC tournament, with the NCAA tournament. It'd be another quad one win. You can continue to climb your NCAA tournament seating. Um, and look, I mean, it's also a chance to get you a uh, date with Texas A&M, who you've lost the last three times out to. And um, I can imagine this Auburn team probably wants to get one more shot at that A&M team. Auburn's path in Nashville to an SEC championship is extremely difficult. Think about the coaches that Auburn's going to have to go through. you got to go through Eric Musselman tonight. You have to go through Buzz Williams tomorrow, who, as we know, has coached circles, squares, triangles, ovals, and stars around Bruce Pearl. Then you're going to have to go through more than likely Kentucky, more than likely Kentucky and Coach Cal, and then more than likely Nate Oates in Alabama. If everything goes chalk the way that you would think it would, that is Auburn's path to an SEC championship. Are well, those or, group of coaches? Or Rick Barnes. Or Rick Barnes. Yeah, uh, or Rick Barnes in the championship. So, which that's, that's who I have picked, Auburn uh, meeting in the championship. But I think that these first two games are as hard of a first two games that anybody has in the SEC tournament. As far as a Thursday game, Arkansas is the toughest matchup for anybody just because their ceiling is so astronomically high. I still think that 
this Arkansas team figures it out. They're a Sweet 16 Elite Eight caliber team. Elite Eight. I mean, I think they. I think at their best, wow. they are. I think at their best, they're capable of beating anybody in the SEC. But the problem is, they just like it's inconsistency. They haven't gelled fully. It's really weird. I think it's interesting that Auburn and Arkansas right now, when you look at Joe Lenardi's updated bracketology from late last night, both of them are nine seeds right now. That feels about right. I think you. So when Arkansas didn't have. Nick Smith Jr., the metrics stuck with them. Um, the net rankings, Ken Palm, all of those things, they didn't drop very far. Auburn has kind of fluctuated this year. They've been anywhere from 18 to 40, and they're climbing back up at 28, I believe, is where they're at right now. Um, they're back half of the schedule was so difficult. I don't think they got penalized all that much. As long as they got that win on Saturday, which they did, um, I do think that the committee is going to have to take into account that Arkansas was not a good team in the first half of the SC slate. Part of that's because Nick Smith wasn't there. Part of that's because uh, Brazil's not there. He tore his ACL. He's out for the year. But you got to take, take it into account in some capacity. And so a nine seed for both those teams would not shock me. Yeah, and, you know, we how fortunate is Auburn and Arkansas, really, to be in the situation where they can go into the SEC tournament and it's a, it's a low-pressure situation. And what I mean by that is neither one of these teams are playing for their NCAA tournament lives like we've seen Mississippi State, who they are playing for their NCAA tournament hopes. Mm-hmm. Auburn and Arkansas are not. These two teams are in... They're in bracketology. They're in the tournament. They will hear their name called in a couple of days on Selection Sunday. And I think that gives both of these teams a little bit of an edge because both of them are in and they don't have that added pressure of, okay, we have to do something special in this SEC tournament to try and play a March Madness. What both of these teams can do is improve on their NCAA tournament seeding because both of them are nine seeds. And you look at where Auburn is right now, nine seed up against Florida Atlantic at the eight seed. Their 32, the round of 32 matchup would be UCLA, who, without their best player in Clark. Without the best defensive player, but yeah. Yes, without their best defensive player, top three player. forms that team for UCLA. I don't think they're as scary. At full strength, UCLA is somebody I don't want to mess with. I would not mess with them at all. I'll tell you what. If I'm Houston, I want I really want no part of either of those Maryland or Arkansas teams in round two. No, I'm gonna get one of them. I'm absolutely with you. And that's what makes this interesting is Auburn and Arkansas both being nine seeds with a chance to play a one seeded team where both of the nine seeds could beat that one seed. And UCLA being a little bit weaker. By the way, they're down by one to Colorado in the Pac 12 quarterfinal. So keep an eye on that. We'll update you as it goes. But that's what makes tonight's game a lot of fun. Is Auburn and Arkansas are going to be able to come into this thing play really loose play with some energy and a chip on their shoulder but if they do lose it's not the end of the world you want to win and you want to make a run at an sec championship but if either one of these squads lose they go home they get some rest and they gear up to hear their name called on sunday and they find out where they're going i think that plays into both of these squads tonight and who either wins they'll carry that into the game tomorrow against texas a&m yeah i mean i i 
I'm really excited about this game because I think this has a sneaky chance between Auburn and Arkansas to be one of the best games we see in the SEC tournament this year. Yeah, very well could be. You're going to see a lot of talent, good coaching, and a lot of effort on the floor tonight. Let's get to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. Shane, you're on the line. Welcome in. Hey, guys. How are y'all? Doing Doing great, man. How are you? Hey, I'm I'm well. Um, I had a couple questions. Yeah. So so the seating – it's one through sixteen, is that right? Yes. For the NCAA tournament, correct. Okay, so to the play in, isn't that like eleven versus sixteen or some something weird like so that? Like, so there's there's two different sixteen seed matchups. So the I guess whoever they have is the lowest rated uh four sixteen seeds, they will each play a game for the right to go play a a one seed. Like, if you look at Joe Lenardi right now, he yeah. has uh, Southeastern Missouri State playing Fairleigh Dickinson, who did, famously did not win their conference tournament, uh, and he has Howard playing Grambling State. Uh, so though that would be your first four matchups of the 16 seeds. Then you have so, two sets of 11 seeds playing in first four games to get why? into the NCAA tournament as well. Because those why, are why why eleven seed though why why is it not fifteen seed? Well, it's uh, it's because of uh, these sixteen seeds are all automatic qualifiers teams that advance off winning a small conference tournament. Your eleven uh, okay, seeds are gotcha. your are your like last at large teams. Those are your last four teams in the tournament, which oftentimes are um, these these high major schools. Like right now. For Lenardi, he has Penn State, Rutgers, Oklahoma State, and Utah State. Uh, I know Utah State is technically a mid-major, but that conference is, I think, better than the ACC this year, according to Kim Palm. So, like, those teams are getting the last four at-large bids. Okay. So, another another question is, so when they're when they're putting out these brackets, uh, sorry, brackets, if... um. If uh, so, one and sixteen play and, and all the way down. Mm-hmm. Then the next round is it? Is does one if one wins, do they get the lowest ranked team, or is it already determined which team they're going to get one of these two teams? So they it is already determined. So this coming Sunday, okay. you'll you'll have selection Sunday. You'll get one through sixty eight technically uh, with the teams playing in uh, the first four up in Dayton. But the initial the full bracket will be one through sixty four, right? One through sixteen in four different sections. That will be the bracket from start to finish. So if you take one section of it right now that's already filled out in a up in a prediction from Joe Lenardi, you have UCLA, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. So UCLA one seed, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi at 16. You have Florida Atlantic at the 8 seed and Auburn as the 9 seed. If UCLA wins like they should, and let's say Auburn were to win as the 9 seed, those teams move on and they play each other in the round of 32. So that's how you're yeah. able to fill out an entire bracket, right? And like a bracket challenge or whatever. It is completely predetermined. Once the bracket is released, you know all gotcha. the potential matchups and it will it will always stay in format. You'll never – yeah, I see what you're saying, but no, it, it's all predetermined. Okay, so yeah, that, that clears it up a little bit. Yep. I was always confused about the uh, – the, the 11 and the 16. Why, why is it 4-11? Shane, do we still have you? I think we lost you, Shane. May have lost Shane. 
right, well, we may have lost Shane. We, hey, we appreciate you calling in, uh, and if you want to call back and finish that up, we'd love to hear from you. Or anybody else, 334-321-1390. Yeah, I've had people ask me that before of why, you know, why is it that that it's 11 seeds playing in those first four games. And Carter, you explained it pretty well about how they rank the teams, right? You got to give, there's a step process. Like it's, it's like a three or four step process where you select the 36, like you get the all the automatic qualifiers, the at-larges, right? You get everybody in there that automatically qualified to get to the yes. NCAA tournament. Then you seed them one through 68, right 64 teams technically make it but you have the four other teams that play in those in the play-in games that try to get in then you place them in the bracket then to try to get them into that first four once everybody is seated the bottom four seeds they get placed in the first four they're your lowest seeded teams to receive automatic bids right so the teams that won their conference tournament but they're in the bottom four one through 68 they play in the first four then the selection committee will basically take the four lowest seated teams among the at large which means you got in because the committee says you're good enough to be there the four worst teams that get the at large bid then go and play in the first four up in Dayton then they play in and they get into the NCAA tournament yeah I don't think they they seed any at least based on when you look at these bracket layouts from the from ESPN, CBS and Fox. High major teams don't really go go have a seed lower than 11. Mm-hmm. 11 is basically seems to be the cap for uh, a high major team. Right. Um, and to put it into words like simple words, the first four games are played by the four lowest seeded automatic bids and the four lowest seeded at-large bids. Like, that's pretty much what you're looking at here. You're taking the four lowest teams that automatically qualified by winning their conference tournament, and you're taking the four lowest teams that got in because the tournament committee said they're good enough to be there. Yeah. That's yep. basically what it is. It just happens to be the 11 seed. I don't know why they went with 11, if there's a reason for that. I haven't been able to find it, like, in, in past when I've looked at this, but it just, because like you said, it seems like 11 is like that, that cap almost. I guess technically 12. Can they change the one of the first four games to a 12-seed matchup? I feel like we've seen that before. Because when I look at the three bracketologies between ESPN, CBS, and Fox Sports, ESPN and CBS have two different 11-seed matchups. Fox Sports has an 11-seed matchup between Mississippi State and Penn State and a 12-seed matchup between Oklahoma State and Nevada. Now that I don't know. They might. They might be That'd able be to. I don't know the rule on that. Um, I, I don't know the rule on that. I guess you, they can. Again, I don't know. I've always seen it as 11. Um, and again, I don't know why it's the 11 seed. But You know, it's, the spread on projection pro, um, bracketology for Auburn is so weird. Yeah. Jerry Palm with CBS has Auburn as an 8 seed playing Iowa, the 9 seed. You have... Uh, as we mentioned earlier, Auburn as a nine seed with Joe Lenardi playing eight seed Florida Atlantic. Mike DeCourcy at Fox has Auburn as an eleven seed playing Iowa State. That's just wrong. <laughs> like that's it's just like not correct. So all over the place. Eight and nine, I get. Eleven eight is nine low. Nine is very close. Uh, like that's very close yeah. together. I can understand. Where, eleven like, is low. You're the f- last or second to last eight seed or the first. Uh, one of the first two nine seeds. That's pretty. That's a pretty tight spectrum there of about four teams. Mm-hmm. 
11 is really low. That's really low. That's extremely low. Absolutely. Extremely low. I don't think Auburn, even with a loss today, I don't think, and, and here's what's important, I don't think Auburn will drop in the seed line. I think the nine is going to be the bottom. I don't see them going to 10 because you lose to Arkansas or you lose to Texas A&M or you lose to Kentucky or lose to Alabama. If you like, I think what is important and what's good for Auburn is because you beat Tennessee on Saturday, you can only go up from here. I'm pretty confident in that. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident that Auburn doesn't go lower than a nine seed because, again, a loss against a good Arkansas team who is even with you, according to most bracketologies, when it comes to seed line, I don't think that you should be punished for that. I really don't. So I think Auburn, all they could do is go up. I don't think they're going to go higher than well, an eight unless they win it all, then maybe a seven. But we continue to talk about the metrics, love Arkansas, and yeah. favor Arkansas to win this game. Yeah, they do. We'll talk about it some more when we come back. we got to get to our first break in hour number two. Shane, we appreciate the call. We'd love to hear from any other of our listeners. Your thoughts and feelings on Auburn and Arkansas tonight in the SEC tournament. Give us a call. 334-321-1390. When we come back, I'll give you an update on Ole Miss and Tennessee and a nail-biter at the end of the first half. On the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back inside the studio at ESPN 1067, Auburn Open like a sports leader as we've got some games going on right now in college basketball. We'll start with the SEC tournament before we continue talking about Auburn and Arkansas. How about Ole Miss? Hanging around with Tennessee in the first half. Tied up at 31 apiece with just a couple of minutes to play. Four and a half to be exact in the first half. How about Ole Miss, huh? Hanging with Tennessee. They're hanging with them for now, but you and I talked about during the break. Wait till the second half. I wonder if those Ole Miss legs start getting a Mm -hmm. bit heavy. But I've got my eye on what's going on in the Big Ten. Because Ohio State, uh, I was at the line down three shooting a second free throw. Uh, but we are with 147 left. Ohio State now has a two-point lead, 67-65. If they win, then the lower-seeded team will win the first four games of the Big Ten tournament for the first time ever. How about that? How about that? As Iowa hits a free throw, it's a two-point game. Ohio State, the 13 seed in the Big Ten tournament, they're not going to the NCAA tournament unless they make a miracle run they, and they win have it all. To win the but, well, yeah, because they're fourteen and eighteen. Yeah, I, I like their their net rating is not bad. They're like fifty seventh, so they're still because they've played like a thousand. They've played a really hard schedule. They've played a thousand quad one games, um, but you're still four games below five hundred. And this is an Ohio State team that's without one of its top two players in its center, Zed Key, mm-hmm. in this tournament. So yeah. this is impressive, the way that they've showed fight in these first two games. And you look at Iowa, who we were talking about during the break as well, they're anywhere from a 6 to 8 seed, 7 to 10 seeds. They're in that weird range right now, kind of like Auburn is, where they're looking to improve but yet Iowa can actually go down if they lose to Ohio State, who, like you said, is a they'll quad two loss. They'll they'll still make the tournament, but oh, they'll, yeah. they'll yeah. go down a seed line from kind of that 8-9 range to that 9-10 range, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. But this is Ohio State's, Ohio State's showing some fight when they have 
absolutely no reason to show fight right now. Yeah, so credit, I'd love to see it. Yeah, credit to the Buckeyes hanging around with Iowa trying to pick up a win in the Big Ten tournament. And Ole Miss, again, running with Tennessee right now, 34-33 Vols with two and a half to play in that first half. But we got a couple of minutes before. Uh, we'll take our bottom of the hour break. Then we'll have Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast. He'll join us like he does every Thursday and talk all things SEC tournament. But Auburn and Arkansas tonight, I just can't I can't stress enough how important it is for Auburn to try and get a win or two or three or four here in the SEC tournament because you can only go up on your NCAA tournament I mean, it's line. Not, it's not do or die or anything, no. but it is a great opportunity that, well, you, you have an opportunity to get some payback against uh, maybe an A&M team or, mm-hmm. a, or a banged-up Kentucky team down the road or maybe an Alabama team at the very end of the road. But right now you you need to handle business against an Arkansas team that is very talented, that's somewhat inconsistent, and is very up and down, but their best is really good. Who has to play well tonight? Bucket by Ohio State to go by four with a minute 15 left. Mm. Uh, Unbelievable. Who Who has has to play play well for Auburn tonight? I look at... Tough. That's a tough shot for Ohio State. I think you need a good game out of Wendell Green. Last time out, we saw him not turn the ball over despite Arkansas having all that length at the guard position. We saw him play play well against Arkansas. I think Alan Flanagan needs to play the way that he's been playing, and he has to give Nick Smith, Alan Flanagan and Zeb Jasper, have to give Nick Smith some trouble on the defensive end. We've seen them give the best player trouble. I mean, the last the last time, the last two times they played Alabama, they've held Brandon Miller in check pretty much. I know he went for 15, but that's pretty good for Brandon Miller, who we've seen go off for 41 points in SEC play. So you're right. You're absolutely right. Alan Flanagan, Zeb Jasper, a group effort, if you will. They have to be able to shut Nick Smith Jr. down and make somebody else beat you. You hear that statement all the time in college basketball. Make somebody else beat you. Do not let it be Nick Smith Jr. having a a, a coming out party in 2023 in Nashville. We know how good he is. Auburn does not need to let him get hot tonight. You've got to do uh, what you got to do your thing against him. You have to play good against Ricky Council, who has been the player, the go-to guy for Arkansas without Nick Smith Jr. He averages uh, 16 and a half points per game. Had 14 the last time out for against Auburn. So you've got to play defensively tonight. And one thing we know about Auburn, their defense can travel. Yes, and I think that you have two really good defensive teams. Uh, going at it in this one, Arkansas, 16th best defense, Auburn uh, sitting there with the, I think, I, I don't even know, I'm not even, I don't think I have it up for me. I think they're the 25th best defense. Yeah. Great matchup. Let's see who wins. Great matchup. We'll talk about it as we end the show, but Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, joins us on the other side. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes left here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. It is madness because it is March and there's so much college basketball going on right now, including tons of games 
in the SEC tournament. And who better to tell us about what's going on around the Southeastern Conference than Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast. He joins us every Thursday here on the show. Chris, good to hear from you, my man. Are you in Nashville this week? No, not Nashville this week. Uh, I was planning to get up there, but I uh, had to skip it. But we'll, uh, I'll definitely be at some of the, the uh, tournament sites once we get to the big tournament. But, uh, yeah, man, it's it's been fun so far. I've got some friends there, and uh, they said, you know, they were impressed by the attendance with the two games yesterday. You know, they said it was probably one of the higher-attended Wednesdays of the tournament in quite some time. Uh, you know, the Big East tournament, I, I heard, you know, they sold out, on, you know, first time ever on a Wednesday. Wow. Um, I don't know what it is. Like, everybody's, like, hyped up for these, these conference tournaments this year. And, you know, my, my mindset's always these, these conference tournaments are largely irrelevant. You know, like a lot of it, <laughs> you know, other than somebody who gets red hot and, and maybe steals a tournament bid, which usually happens in some of the lesser uh, conferences. But, um, you know, for the most part, like, when we think back in history, how many times do you go, yeah, remember that time that team won the SEC tournament? Like, we rarely ever say that in basketball. But uh, nonetheless, uh, the two games last night were really impressive. Shout out to LSU. I mean, they were terrible all season. And so for them to get that win over Georgia was, was really big for them, just a big confidence builder. And now they go into today playing Vanderbilt, who they just beat a couple days ago, one of their few SEC wins on the season. So, um, you know, they'll be going into that one with a little bit of confidence. I know Ole Miss is playing Tennessee tight right now. Mississippi State eked out the overtime win over Florida earlier today. So, man, they have been some really good games for being such, you know, low seeds playing so far. It's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun so far at the SEC tournament. Yeah, and, you know, lots of storylines coming into this tournament as well. You spoke of Ole Miss, who is down by six right now to Tennessee at the half, 39-33, coming off of their win over South Carolina. They're playing with an interim head coach, but it sounds like they've got plans to hire a pretty big name in Chris Beard. Do you know any information on where that stands as of right now? Yeah, I mean, as of this morning, you know, the talk, at least I heard, was they're closing in on a deal that, you know, they put out the stuff about we're doing our due diligence. You know, what, what else can you do other than read police reports and ask Chris Beard, hey, what happened with your wife? I mean, outside of that, I don't know what else, you know, doing your due diligence. What are you going to call his neighbor and be like, hey, man, is he a good guy? I mean, I don't know what else you could really do with Chris Beard. Um, you know, the, 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 the reality of the situation is the legal, you know, the, the, the allegations against, against him, at least the charges, were dropped. Um, did he physically do something to his wife that night? I mean, it sounds like it. Why else would she have called the police? But when mm-hmm. she drops the charges and, you know, the legal system says there's nothing here, uh, I mean, in, in that realm, he's clear. Now, Texas thought it, at least from a standpoint of, man, it's a really bad look PR-wise in a time where we are very aware of, of these kind of things and, uh, you know, we, we want people that are in good moral standing. Uh, I understand why Texas did what they did and parted ways with them, but one man's trash is another man's treasure. And it sounds like uh, Ole Miss, who needs some kind of shot in the arm. I mean, you know, Kermit tried to try his damnedest there, but, man, it just wasn't a good fit. Uh, Chris Beard would be a home run hire from Ole Miss, at least from a basketball standpoint, and getting back to recruiting well and winning. So, yeah, I mean, at least last I heard this morning is uh, that's, that's a deal that's going to get done very soon. Is it – are we in a situation right now where – in your mind, where you think the deal is basically done, and we're just waiting on uh, this this Ole Miss SEC tournament run to come to an end, and then also, 
How weird is it going to be uh, in a year or two when Texas shows up to Oxford or Ole Miss goes to Austin and Chris Beard's on the other sideline? Well, I mean, look at look at Texas when they play Texas uh, Tech uh, this mm-hmm. past year or you know last year. They those Texas Tech fans were rallying around their their coach and and Mark Adams and. Oh, lo and behold, turns out he's kind of a dirtbag, too. So, um, you know, it's just kind of interesting how that how that whole thing played out. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they were giving him hell. And, uh, yeah, if, if Ole Miss has to go into Austin next year in basketball, yeah, they're going to they're gonna hear it from him. Uh, or he'll, he'll get it tenfold there, too. But, um, you know, it, it'll just be interesting. But, but for Ole Miss, I mean, yeah, the timing of it would, would make sense. They're not going to make this announcement while the interim coach is still coaching the team in the mm-hmm. SEC tournament. But... Uh, somebody had posed a tweet this morning. I saw. They said, "You know, when's the last time you ever saw, uh, you know, a coaching search get to the point of we're doing our due diligence and, and looking into it, and then it didn't happen?" You know, what I mean, like it, if, if they're getting to this point, then it sounds like it's it, it's it's going to happen eventually. Yeah, and that seems to be what the vibe is around the conference and in Oxford as well. Talking to Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. As we look at the SEC tournament as a whole, you look at bracketology for the NCAA tournament coming into conference tournament week, the SEC looking at eight teams to get into the NCAA tournament. Are you comfortable with that number, Chris? Is there a team that could squeak in or maybe a team that could fall out come selection? Sunday. Yeah, Mississippi State kept their hopes alive with the win today. Uh, you know, Vanderbilt, I think, you know, they're in a must win against LSU tonight. They have to win uh, to keep any hope alive for them. But I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit different from what all the, you know, the Joe Lunardi's and all the bracketology folks. I mean, right now, if it, if it were me, I would have, I would have the loser of this Auburn uh, Arkansas game on the bubble tonight. Now, look, Auburn did a did themselves a big favor in beating Tennessee last weekend. That was a huge resume win that I felt like them winning that one, you know, part of me was like, all right, Auburn's in no matter what. But for Arkansas, who's lost three straight, who's lost five of their last seven, if they come in and get blown out by Auburn tonight, like, I'm sorry. I would not put Arkansas in. You're sitting there at 19 wins. I know you've had injuries and Nick Smith missed half the year and all that kind of stuff, but like, I don't know, man. I can't just put teams in because the coach is really good and, you know, oh, well, they've, they're in it every year and that kind of stuff. Like, I, I've got to go based on what you did this year. And for mm-hmm. me, Auburn, prior to the Tennessee win, had, did not have, you know, very very many resume wins. Right. And the Tennessee, the Tennessee win was a big exclamation point, and I give them credit for that one. But uh, let's see how this game plays out today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if Auburn, if Auburn loses a close in Arkansas, I think they're still in. Um, but man, it just, it feels like both of these teams are in a position where they really need to win this game just to, just to kind of, you know, reassuredly punch their ticket. Chris, I mean, when you look at this Arkansas team, I, when Nick Smith came back, all of a sudden everybody started talking about this Arkansas team in a different manner. It became, oh, like, I don't want any part of that Arkansas team or watch out for that Arkansas team. They're going to be really dangerous in March. They haven't really consistently gelled or put anything together since then. I think since he's come back, they've gone they've gone two and four. Are we overrating this Arkansas team with Nick Smith since that Texas A&M game when he was back on the court? Yeah, I would say that. I mean, at least from what from what we've seen. I mean, have they played a little bit more consistent at, at times? Okay, uh, I can give you that. But but still, like. 
losses are losses, right? I mean, it, you know, close loss is still a loss. So, um, you know, I, I think uh, I'm trying to remember what game it was. Maybe it was the Alabama game where they, they played a little bit better. Um, yeah, it was the Alabama game where they, they played a close game and everybody was like, oh, man, what a close loss. And I was like, Arkansas fans after that game were literally talking like, man, you know, like the way they were talking about it was as if they won. Right. And it was like, just because you played a close game with Alabama doesn't mean, like, you still lost the game. So, I don't know, man. I mean, Council's been really good for them all year. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be curious to see how, how Auburn plays this tonight, how they defend it, and, you know, I'll go out on a limb and say if Auburn can shoot the three ball like they have at least the last couple of weeks, um, you know, a little bit more consistently, I think Auburn wins this one pretty handily. But then again, look at all how all these tournament games have played out so far. They've all been close, so who knows. But I, I just know Auburn, for me, if I'm an Auburn fan, this is a game I, I need to have. I need to. I mm-hmm. need to win this. So look, even if you lose it, you're in the tournament anyway. Okay, but like, how about a little confidence builder? How about a little, you know, carrying, trying to carry a little momentum into the into the tournament? That would be great for this team and, uh, you know, Bruce Pearl. So yeah, it, again, I, I think Auburn. If they go out there, take care of business, win this one. I think they they have all but, you know, 100 percent punch their ticket to the tournament. Chris, uh, how shocking is it that this Auburn team that ranks 316th in three-point shooting in the country for the season, over the last eight SEC games, they've led the conference in three-point percentage at 38.8%. Like, what's happened? How have they figured out how to shoot the deep ball? <laughs> I didn't know the numbers were that uh, were that bad and then that good as of late. That's, uh, that's pretty good. Um, but would you expect anything different from Auburn? You, like moving forward, just like just Auburn being Auburn, just to do random <laughs> yeah, weird oh, yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. When it, when you think of weird stats, it, do, it usually pertains to Auburn sports. Um, yeah, they, I mean, look, I, I think there's been times where they've had guys open, and 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 you know, when you're open and and, and you have the open shot to shoot a three, and you've got the green light and you can't hit it. It's frustrating, man, and, and and you know I think that's kind of been the difference. Has been you know the guys have been open, have been hitting them, and then uh, guys have been tightly uh, you know who've been guarded and tightly contested. They've made some tough threes. Um, so yeah, I, I think uh, look again, that's a big part of Auburn's uh, success as of late. Um, you know, I, I think they played the, the defense intensity they they brought against Tennessee. I thought was a little bit better. So. Again, let's see. Let's see what two teams uh, show up today. But I just think it's, I think it's so funny that both these teams are playing each other uh, today in the SEC tournament because it's you can kind of put a mirror up in, in between them as far as two teams that had such high expectations come into the season and just haven't lived up to it. But a chance here to to rebound and keep the season going. And according to Joe Lenardi, both teams as a nine seed in the NCAA tournament. So another way of of how they mirror each other so far. Talking to Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast. Chris, as the SEC tournament rolls on, Tennessee Ole Miss playing right now. Auburn, Arkansas play later tonight. LSU, Vanderbilt. Then we'll get into the quarterfinals. If you had to pick an SEC champion, would you take Alabama or the field? And if it's somebody from the field, who would it be? I think Kentucky's got a good chance, uh, just the way they've been playing as of late. You know, Sheboy's been so good all season long, but they've been finding other guys to step up and, you know, uh, you know, score the basketball in different ways. So, um, you know, what, it, the most impressive win to me was, what, two weeks ago against Arkansas or a week ago against Arkansas where they had no, no guard, no point guard, and yet they were still able to, to, to put them away. Um, Kentucky is, is an interesting one. I've got, I've got Alabama playing Kentucky in the SEC championship game. 
you know, if I was a betting man, I would probably take Alabama just because I think they've, they've been the most complete team and not just the SEC, but all college basketball this year. And so I would lead Alabama, but there's no juice in that. So, I mean, if you, if you, if you want to make a bet, go put some money on, uh, put some money on Kentucky or even Texas A&M, you know, with, with, with Wade Taylor and the way those guys have played uh, all season long, they've, they've been one of the most consistent teams in the SEC. So, um, again, uh, if you're a betting man, no money to be made on Alabama, but, you know, life, you know, gun your head, uh, life on the line, who's going to win it? I'd say Alabama. I mean, I just think this tournament sets up so well for them and, and how the seeding works with the bracket. I think, um, I think Alabama's got a pretty easy path. So, Chris, I mean, are you not worried about these these injuries that Kentucky does have? I mean, Cason Wallace has been banged up. I think he's probably going to play. C.J. Frederick's been banged up. Severe Wheeler, probably not going to see him. I haven't seen him in a while. So you're you're saying despite the injuries, Kentucky might get this thing done in, in Nashville? Yeah, it hasn't really hurt them. Um, that, that's, what, that's what I was alluding to. I mean, and, and honestly, you know, when you look at um, – you know, just some of the guys. I mean, C.J. Frederick for a while was really nice score for them. Wallace had some big scoring games. But, uh, you know, Wheeler has been – you could argue they've been a better team without Wheeler at times this year. Yeah, uh, true. You know, he, he yes. was a guy who, who went from starting to the bench and seemed to play a little bit better role coming off the bench. But uh, it starts and ends with Sheboy, man. I mean, he's got to be getting the double-digit double points, double-digit rebounds, and, and blocking shots and protecting that rim. He, he's got to be the life force of that team. But again, like like every Calipari team, this is around the type of year where they really start to find their mojo. And I know they've underachieved here the last couple of years, but um, you know this looks like one of those typical old school Calipari teams that maybe might start gelling at the right time and um, put it all together. Maybe go on a deep tournament run. So you're not a fan that I have picked Vanderbilt to make it to the SEC semifinals. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I would not. I would not give guarantee Vanderbilt a win tonight against LSU. That's a scrappy LSU team with with Man. nothing to lose. Like they have nothing to lose. That, that those teams always scare the hell out of me because KJ Williams is LSU's one good player, and man, he could go off for thirty plus points tonight. And Vanderbilt's going to be looking back, going, "What the hell just happened?" <laughs> he, he went for he went for thirty five and ten last time oh. when Liam Robbins was still healthy for for Vanderbilt. Yeah, and and that's what's crazy is they just beat them, uh, uh, you know, a couple, uh, couple a handful of days ago. So mm-hmm. uh, that's not a crazy pick. Look, you could probably get good value. I, I hate to keep bringing it to betting, but that's what the sports world is now. And yeah, absolutely. I look at so, you know, I'm always looking for some dark horses. Hell yeah, you can get some good value on Baby to win this whole thing. Yeah, exactly. There we go. It. You just you just uh, secured your spot on the show next week, Chris. <laughs> Perfect. Well, man, we appreciate you and your time. Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast. He joins us every Thursday. It's a beautiful time for SEC basketball as the tournament rolls on. We'll talk March Madness next week as the entire NCAA tournament field will be released. We uh, will look forward to talking to you next week. Let everybody know before you go, though, where they can find you, your podcast, and what you got coming up. Yeah, Locked On SEC, wherever you get your podcast. We did an episode yesterday talking about all the uh, SEC teams and how we feel about them going into the tournament and getting get ready for the NCAA tournament. But today's episode, we switched gears back to football. Uh, Chris Lowe had a great article up on ESPN, basically uh, storylines to watch on every SEC team as spring practice starts up for most of the teams this week or last week. And uh, ran through every team in the SEC, so go check that out wherever you get your podcast, Locked on SEC, storylines for Auburn, Bama, and everybody else. Well, man, again, you do great work. Looking forward to uh, catching the uh, latest podcast. And, again, we'll talk to you next week talking all things NCAA tournament.
Awesome. Thanks, guys. That is Chris Gordy again. He hosts the Locked On SEC podcast. Always a good time when he hops on the show to talk about the SEC as the SEC tournament rolls on as Tennessee slowly pulling away from Ole Miss here in the second half. They're up 44-35. We'll come back and wrap up the Thursday edition of On the Line, give our final picks and predictions. Auburn versus Arkansas tonight in the SEC tournament. You are on the line. On ESPN 1067, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up the Thursday edition of On the Line, a big thank you to uh, Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, for joining us as he does every Thursday, talking all things SEC basketball as the tournament rolls on. And uh, he he said, if you had to put your life on it, take Alabama. But if you're trying to make a few dollars, if you're into that sort of thing, maybe take Kentucky. Well, he also said that there's some value maybe on Vanderbilt. That's, I, I do agree. When you look at Kentucky's draw, it's not Kentucky bad. Kentucky is going to get either the 14-seed LSU <laughs> or a six-seed Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt team. Yeah. Like, whoever that entire portion of the bracket appears to be the weakest on the whole. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, I mean, even... I know Tennessee is shorthanded, but I think Tennessee is, a better, is better than... Um, I think Tennessee and Missouri combined... And I guess Ole Miss, because that is who's playing Tennessee right now. Those three combined, that's a scarier group than the the LSU Vanderbilt without Liam Robbins and this really banged up Kentucky team. Isn't it crazy that Missouri is a top four team seed wise in this conference and nobody's talking about them? I and nobody's like, picking them to have a the chance. Seventh or eighth best team in this conference. Oh, I they, agree. They got fortunate that they stole a couple wins and I mean I guess their schedule was easier than some of the others. But they have to win three games. And nobody's like, Chris didn't talk about Missouri at all. He said Alabama, Kentucky, Vanderbilt. I mean, Missouri's they, not a, doesn't have a prayer. Best, they've got the seventh best odds to win the SEC tournament behind it's crazy. Tennessee, Arkansas, and... Well, no, I, I think that's it. I think, yeah. uh, and maybe maybe state has better odds than they do. Yeah, it's crazy but, that but just they're yeah. barely ahead of Auburn, barely uh, in terms of odds. Well, speaking of Auburn, Auburn takes on Arkansas tonight. Winner moves on to play Texas A and M tomorrow. Does Auburn get it done tonight against Arkansas? Yes, yes, because I think Auburn has shown that they are gelling and playing their best ball. They're peaking at the right time. Arkansas hasn't shown that. Arkansas hasn't shown that. They got blown out by a Tennessee team that had their point guard tear his ACL in the first five minutes. They had a chance at home to get a huge win against Kentucky and couldn't get it done and lost by, what, 9 or 10? I mean, I don't see, I don't think they're consistently good enough. If we go into tonight and the best version of Arkansas rolls out on the court, tip your cap. Okay, Arkansas is a more talented team than Auburn. Yeah. But I think, I believe in Auburn. 
because of consistency, which is something we haven't said a lot this year, Yeah, more than this Arkansas team. If Auburn plays their ball, they play defense, if they continue the hot shooting, which over the last few games, believe it or not, they've been the best shooting team in the country on the three-point shot. Arkansas is not a good three-point shooting team. Exactly. If Auburn plays their game, continues playing strong, stays strong mentally, and if Bruce Pearl can coach a really good game, I think Auburn should feel good, and we should be talking about them tomorrow. Carter, you're gone tomorrow, brother. You're out for the weekend. It'll be me in here tomorrow running solo for the first time in a while. We'll talk all things college basketball again tomorrow. Come back 2-4 to right here on ESPN 106.7. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.